It's March 3rd, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Timothy Tew from DBED, and he's here to tell us about the High Step program and a webinar called Entering the China Market. And then we'll be joined by House Speaker Scott Psyche and Majority Leader Della Bellotti, and we'll talk about the House use of technology to enable civic engagement. And, of course, right now I want to welcome Timothy Tew. He's uh, an economic development specialist over at DBED, uh, which is a department that I'm quite familiar with. It's a Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism. And he's here to talk about the High Step program and and uh, this webinar series. So, hey, Timothy, welcome to the show. Aloha, Bert. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm glad to be here to talk about the High Step program and the China Market webinar series. Now you know I, I've I've heard about high step and of course you know we're all in the same department but I've never really gotten a chance to have anybody come on the show and talk about high step so maybe give us a quick uh, you know what is the high step program? Yeah, sure. Uh, high step stands for Hawaii State Trade Expansion Program. It is a program that is funded through a grant from the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA, and the goal of this program is to help or to get more Hawaii small business who want to export their products and increase the dollar amount of Hawaii make products to the global market. And we do have three components of the High Step program. Number one, the Export Readiness Program, which we provide training and advising programs to prepare Hawaii companies to begin or expand their export market development. We do work with Hawaii Pacific Export Council to put the training, the seminar together. We do have numbers of programs on various topics, either on market-related or export-related. Part of this uh, export readiness program also helps to pair you with the organizations to get one-on-one consultations with organizations such as HPAC, the Hawaii Pacific Export Council, Small Business Development Center, Women Business Centers, or Interfaith Hawaii to help you with specific issues that you may be facing when you're looking to export. So the when second components of oh, sorry. Oh go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. The second component of High Step is to support Hawaii Pavilion, organize the Hawaii Pavilion to bring Hawaii companies all together to the selective trade shows. We do have few on the calendar in twenty twenty one and of course we are still remain to see the situation in this year, whether the show can be done in person or hybrid or even online. It really depends on the organized in different shows. Mm-hmm. And the last component of High Step is company assistance, which we provide a small amount of grant up to $10,000 to the qualified companies to support and assist portion of their export strategies. We are currently taking the applications, so, um, but it, we should do on June 30th or until we run out of the funds. So if you are interested in company assistance, please go to our website, Invest.hawaii.gov to apply it. Invest. And that's the overview of the high step. Yeah, invest.hawaii.gov. Okay, so I'll, I'll definitely yes. put that up on our show notes. So when when uh, looking at specific markets, and, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the China uh, webinar, but uh, what other markets do you have this uh, sort of focus besides China? Uh, for this year, we uh, as usual, we do have Japan market. Mm-hmm. And for this year, we do have Taiwan market coming in uh that is one of the export readiness programs, uh, is like marketing in Taiwan. So that is very exciting. Uh, new market that's going to show people, to let people to know more about those markets. 
And what type of companies typically would take part in this? I mean, obviously, they're going to be making some mm-hmm. some form of uh, manufacturing of something that would be then potentially marketed in those uh, countries, right? Right. Uh, actually, they, they're looking to export their products to um, certain markets. Mm-hmm. So we require people to, to make in Hawaii, uh, the small businesses. Uh, usually, we do have fashions, we do have chocolate, we do have handcraft. Um, those type of companies are usually going to export. I see. And then, so what, uh, tell me a little bit about the, the specific China uh, series. Right. The China Market Remnant Series is part of the Export Readiness Program. We do work with our State of Hawaii Beijing office to create a 11 topics of the webinar. We find speakers who have grander experience in China to help Hawaii business to understand more about the Chinese market. Uh, we do know there is always a few concern about doing business in China. That's why my colleague in China, Gordon and Flora, we do come up with 11 topics together from introduce the current situations in China, how you could start, establish, or connect your business in China, to marketing strategy that could help your business. We even cover the topic of study abroad by Chinese students. Uh, we also brought in Alibaba Group to be one uh, to one of our topic speaker to talk about the Timo store. Mm-hmm. And of course, we also cover the e-commerce in China to give Hawaii companies a better understanding uh, of the market step by step. Uh, can you can you uh, give me an example of one of the companies out of Hawaii that 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 uh, uh, were was basically successful at that uh, doing export to China? Yes, actually, we do have a topic, which is our last topic next week, Thursday, uh, March 11 at 3:30 p.m. Uh, this is the last topic that we invite Hawaii company who find success by doing business in China to be our speaker to oh, provide great. the real case study from Hawaii company. To the audience uh, to encourage Hawaii companies to consider to expand their market to China. I think it's a very good opportunity to hear about their experience uh, from the company who had gone through all the routes to get into the China market and give audience a better picture after all 10 topics that we had. And I'm sure it is a benefit for business who are interested to export their products to China to attend this, uh, this webinar. Oh, that's the great. company, uh, we have the speaker is a Hawaiian host group. So oh, okay, far. okay. So uh, where can people sign up for this uh, webinar that's coming up on the 11th? Yeah, you can go to invest.hawaii.gov and go under the event um, tab to register the sessions, or you can just go to invest.hawaii.gov and go under the exporting tab to find out more information about the whole program of High Step, the webinar we have, or even you can hear about the recording from the past webinar. Sounds good, sounds good. And thanks, Timothy, Timothy, for joining us. Thank you so much, Bert. And uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, uh, of course, we'll be joined by uh, Senate, uh, I mean, <laughs> House Speaker Scott Psyche and Majority Leader uh, Della Bellotti. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about the retooling the legislative process in the 2021 session. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining me is uh, House Speaker Scott Psyche and Majority Leader Rep Della Bellotti, and they're here to tell us about the some of the improvements that have taken place uh, with uh, retooling some of the uh, technology that enables civic engagement and 
And I want to welcome you both. I'm very honored to have you both on uh, Bike Marks Cafe. Hey, thanks, Bert, for having us today. Um, this is actually this is the this is the only one of the only shows that we haven't been on yet. So it's kind of a great opportunity. Really? Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, I I I'm, I I have to apologize because uh, I I should have uh, had you guys on much sooner than this. So my apologies. Yeah. We're looking forward to this show. Oh, great, great! I'm I, I'm I'm happy to have you on. And you know, really, uh, what what kind of sparked my interest about uh, having uh, you folks talk about this subject is that you know I I have to admit I'm I'm a I'm a frequent user of uh, capital.hawaii.gov, and and of course during the session and or during uh, the the pre-pandemic, uh, it was a, a very um, reliable site in terms of you know finding out about uh, hearings and of course uh for any kind of civic engagement when it comes comes to contributing to the you know the testimony uh it's pretty well set up but then when we went into kind of this uh this shutdown mode and the uh more virtual mode i know during 2020 it was it was kind of tough because it all happened right in the middle of the session so so i i think uh 2020 was uh really a uh uh, an interesting, you know, sort of transition, and then, and then, so speaker, I, I kind of wanted to find out how did you start thinking about really looking at improving the system so that it would enable more virtual access and allow people to fairly seamlessly still contribute to submitting testimony and you know hearing hearing the uh, committee um, hearings. Yeah, Bert. So, you know, if you recall, when we began um, the 2020 session, you know, last January, uh, we had to suspend the session on March 17, when the, you know, the government, when the COVID cases had just spiked um, exponentially in the state. So we shut down the session, and um, then we reconvened our session in June for about six or seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And we had to just pick up where we left off. So we did have to hold public hearings. Um, you know, our committees did hold public hearings in June and July, and it was very restrictive because the Capitol building was closed to the public, and we had to um, hold hearings where people, where the public, could only submit written testimony on the bills, and we had to limit the number of bills as well that that we could hear at that time uh, because of all of the constraints. So mm-hmm. we learned a lot, you know, just from those six or seven weeks when we reconvened. Um, as soon as that session was over, we began planning for this January 2021 session. Um, you know, so, you know, top of mind, number one was public health. We knew that uh, the building would continue to be closed um, to the public. We wanted to ensure that when the session began that we would you're protecting the health and safety of not just legislative members and legislative staff, but also the general public. You know, because we know we knew that there are members of the public who did not would not feel comfortable basically being forced to be present at the state capitol um, in our conference rooms mm-hmm. if they wanted to participate in the hearings. So beginning in July, you know, the, so that July when we um, when we finished our, our session, we the House and Senate um, tech staffs began planning for this January 2021 session. Basically, we had to rebuild the infrastructure for for um, for what you see.
see today because we were very limited um, last year. You know, there were times when we would hold caucuses um, via Zoom. And if you had 51, mem 51 or 45 House members Zooming in at the same time, the system would crash. Mm -hmm. So just the infrastructure wasn't there. So we had to rebuild it um, over the summer and over the fall so that we could accommodate all of these committee, you know, public hearings and um, um, that, that where, where the public could also submit testimony and, and participate uh, live if they wanted to testify at the hearings. So, you know, I don't know if people really know, you know, the IT staff that uh, uh, supports the systems like capital.hawaii.gov and, and and speaker do do the IT department i mean do they both work on the house and senate side or are there basically separate uh you know personnel working on let's say the the house side versus the the senate side how does the IT yeah. department kind of get uh, divvied up yeah so there's separate IT staff there's one for the house and there's one for the senate but you know when there's a time like this um uh, the the staff the staff members work together, um, um, so that we have uh, so that both the house and the senate will have a seamless you know a seamless system in place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They work very well together. So so tell me how did the as as you started to get more you know experience with uh, tools like uh, like Zoom and and uh, YouTube, I mean how did you start thinking back in back in July what would get incorporated into a system that would now accommodate more, uh, you know, virtual viewing of, of uh, committee hearings, and then and then getting you know people to actually submit uh, through the through the system. How did how did the uh, ideas start to come come to you? Yeah. So the guiding principle is that we wanted um, we wanted to give the public access and full participation if that's what the, if that's what the public wanted to do. So we had to make sure that we have platforms that were going to be reliable for the public to use. That's why Zoom and YouTube were, cho were chosen. Um, Zoom allows the public to participate either by submitting written testimony to the committee, at, or and if they choose, they can also uh, sign up to register to testify at the hearing. So it's interactive. Um, the, the, we also have a YouTube platform that allows the public to just view the hearing but not participate in the hearing. So there's there's two two ways that the public can participate, um, but you know there's some practical considerations that we had to um, address for for the live hearings. One was um, that we needed a system, a platform that would allow that will that would allow for um, captions, mm -hmm. right? Because we have ADA access um, uh, standards to meet, so we had to have make sure that um, that that captions were going to be made available, which is what you see now. You see today. Yeah. There no. Was, I, I, yeah. I think that I think that's great. And uh, Rep. Rep. I mean, so in terms of uh, you know the the enabling of the live stream as well as almost immediate archiving. I mean, I thought that was a pretty great, not only innovation but you know improvement because typically when uh, you know, like a committee hearing takes place, uh, you probably have to wait a day or two for the the archive video to uh, become posted. But 
I I was noticing, you know, the house uh, really got that got that down and was able to not only stream it but archive it uh, almost immediately. You're right, Bert. The integration of all of these tools is making us um, be more accessible and put actually more up. In the past, not not all uh, hearings necessarily were broadcast. So that's been one of the benefits, I think, of what's happened with COVID-19. I, I just want to pick up on something you said earlier and you're referring to. We're constantly learning here in this building about how to improve this process. And we started, like, like a speaker said, in June or July. But even during the interim, you know, we experimented with select committee having hearings and how we integrated the public into that. We had informational briefings. We had joint briefings. So we're constantly learning. And I think as we go through the session, another question out there is how are we going to conduct conference committees? Right, that's right. another different kind of beast, right? But I think what we have here at the House and the Senate are teams that are really looking at how we can integrate um, the platforms we have now. And I don't think we're going to go back. I think we're learning things that we're going to take with us moving forward. No, that's great. And I do want to kind of uh, pick your brain on what would be um, brought or carry forward, you know, in terms of the uh, uh, post-pandemic. Uh, I do want to talk to you, Speaker, about the, you know, the translation and the need for translation and, and how you we're able to kind of seamlessly add that to the system. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with House Speaker Scott Psyche and Majority Leader Della Bellotti. And we're talking about tech and the civic engagement on capital.hawaii.gov. This is Bike Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to House Speaker Scott Psyche and Majority Leader Della Baladi, and we're talking about leveraging tech to retool the legislative process. And right before the break, uh, you know, we're getting into some of the details and and speaker, you're telling me about the uh, the need for some of the translation, and how does how does that actually work? Is that something that is part of a, a feature that YouTube offers? And and I noticed that, and maybe you can speak to this. I noticed sometimes there's some really uh, interesting uh, translations, or uh, you know, they they pick words and it it, it doesn't quite come out uh, the way the speaker the speaker might have might have said it. Yeah, it's because Della's typing and she doesn't... Ah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> I have, you know, so I have no idea. I have no idea what how the system works, but I, I, I just know that um, that it is instantaneous, and I'm not sure how IT worked worked that through with uh, through uh, YouTube. I'm, I'm not really sure. I believe it's a feature of YouTube, Bert, and that's something. Again, that's something that we have to learn from uh, and work through. It's, the captions are not perfect, but I will say that we still continue to maintain our practice. If someone requests the need for services for um, American Sign Language, we still have to abide by those um, rules and requirements. So we do have a process where people can request that if needed. Yeah, no, no, that's great. You know, I think um, for the purpose of, of having a translation feature available, I think in and of itself, I think that was an important feature to have. Uh, the the thing that I was uh, thinking about is that, you know, one day maybe you know fifty hundred years from now, if they go back and and try to do a a, a word search on 
uh, particular topics of conversation during the session, you know, during the 2021 session. Uh, there may be some interesting words that they might pick up, and, you know, it was really uh, words that were perhaps never even said, but it, it might show up in the, in the research archives. Yeah, there was one today. I was watching the hearing today, and there was a word that was kind of funky. But I just don't recall what word that was. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but uh, maybe it's the same. Yeah. So uh, again, those features are are, I think, uh, necessary <clears throat> in terms of you know like uh, new improvements. I mean, do you see any uh, new improvements that are in the in the uh, near term horizon? What I'm thinking about and what we're thinking about collectively is at some point we're going to be moving back into in-person. And I think what's interesting is is that we've now crossed this threshold where we've demonstrated that um, we can do this virtually. So I think the the more interesting question is how are we going to integrate the technologies? Um, I will also share with you, Bert, as great as um, virtual testimony has been, there has been, I think, things lost in not having in-person engagement. And so I think, you know, um, you know, we're going to have to take a look at back at this, you know, after the session is done and look at, you know, how many people did actually participate virtually. We're, we're getting lots of written testimony. But I think for some of us, we thought there would be far, far more uh, virtual testifiers. And we, we're not seeing that. You know, so I think I, I think it, and that speaks to the challenge of um, digital access just across the state. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead, speaker. Yeah, Bert, I think after the um, after the uh, pandemic is over, we'll probably look at creating some kind of a hybrid system for public hearings where people can opt to you know be at the Capitol and testify in person, because we know that there are some people who would rather be here in person. Right, and and I think there is a certain uh, maybe hesitation to be on camera and 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 speak to your computer and and for some of us, I mean, it's kind of you know something that we <laughs> do somewhat naturally, but then for somebody that's perhaps not accustomed to it, it you know, there is a a bit of a, a fear factor. So, but I think it's something that from a moving forward, I mean, it's it's this hybrid environment is. Uh, obviously, something that I think would uh, continue, and and uh, Repolati, I mean, you were kind of alluding to this, but you know, my sense of it is that there were probably more neighbor island participants uh, given the virtual option uh, than than you know in person. Well, I don't want to. We have to look at the data, right? And mm-hmm. I think what we're finding is that while we open the doors for virtual access. How many people actually are coming in? The question is still out there, and so I think many people who who, who had the means uh, to come physically in person, they found that that was a very effective way to engage. And so we don't want to shut that down either. Um, we have to figure out if there are better ways to engage virtually to get more people to participate, especially if they're on the neighbor islands. But you know what? To be honest, I don't know. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see and see what the uh, numbers tell us. But I think what's important for the um, you know public to know is that the, although the system did have some glitches when we began the session, you know at this point um, it's working pretty well, and um, you know people who want to participate are able to participate. I think sometimes when there's technical issues, it's it's basically on the it's on the user side. It hasn't been on the house side. Mm-hmm. So you know the systems work really well. Yeah, you and, know. And- oh, go ahead. 
For just some of the numbers, um, in the four weeks we've had hearings, we've had over 100 hearings in the House alone, 13 joint hearings and a handful of informational briefings. So, so we're operating uh, like we would any other year. And so we're, you know, we, we really are seeing um, the, the system working, as Speaker said. You know, I, I, I did notice one of the um, changes and, uh, you know, the ability for you to kind of uh, evolve during this session itself. Because I remember in the beginning, there was a requirement for us to jump on half an hour before the committee committee meeting would take place just so that they would verify, you know, our uh, identity. But then uh, as, as the session went on, I mean, I think uh, they were able to do that much more flexibly so that they didn't require us to come on, you know, half an hour before the, the committee hearing started. Yeah, we ha- so we, in addition to our full-time IT staff, we hired uh, a dozen on the house side, we hired a, one, a dozen um, tech, tech who are in the conference, who are in the hearing rooms, the conference rooms mm-hmm. where the hearings are being held. And they're running, you know, they're running the um, the, the platform um, and managing all of that. They're managing who's, you know, who's in the waiting room, you know, who the testifiers are. So we're pretty well staffed to make sure, you know, want to make sure that things go go well. So, so given given uh, what you currently know, and and uh, Repolati, I know you said that you're going to look at the data, but how would you start to frame up? this hybrid environment? I mean, and would you continue, obviously you would continue to still have the virtual option. So is it just going to be a matter of uh, you can zoom in if you want to, or if you can come, if you want to come in in person, you want, you can do that. I mean, how would you decide to modify the system, let's say for 2022? I think you've hit it on the head exactly. We're going to we're going to have options for folks. And, um, you know, I think the starting point is the system really drives people to submit written testimony first. So, so to that degree, um, supplying written testimony via uh, the Capitol website is going to be the starting point. But from there, as you've seen, you know, people can, will probably be able to choose. I'm going to testify in person or I'm going to testify remotely. And we're going to build those options into the system. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And, uh, uh, you know, in terms of encouraging people to, you know, continue to, to participate, I, I do sense that maybe the, you know, the separation of, you know, the legislators and, and the uh, public with the screen might be kind of prohibitive. So so having people to come into the, you know, come into the actual conference rooms for the actual sessions are, are also important. Uh, you know, the, uh, I guess part of the, uh, the limitations that that you have have as a requirement, just because you want to move through a lot of the testimony, uh, would you see that continuing to be sort of strictly enforced? I I do. Um, that was in place even before the pandemic, and that's because of the volume of bills and ideas that we're handling on any given day. Yeah, right. Um, right. So that those are those are things that were pre-pandemic, and again, it's a, it's about giving our chairs and our committee members the tools so that they can hear as many bills as possible so we can do the work um, in front of us. So, so uh, Repolati, where can, where can we uh, basically kind of keep track of some of the improvements? Because these, these improvements just sort of show up. <laughs> where, do we, where do we go to uh, kind of experience this virtual uh, online civic engagement? I think it's really important just to just make, uh, as one of your favorites, capital.hawaii.gov. 
And all of the improvements appear there through the hearing notices. Um, and then both House and Senate um, are very uh, on top of uh, communicating what those changes are. No, and I really appreciate uh, uh, Representative Scott Psyche, Speaker of the House, and of course, uh, Rep. Bilotti, Rep. Della Bilotti, also Majority Leader. And I want to thank you both for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having us today, Bert. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about digital navigators helping Kupuna. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday, anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe and you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bye.